For Abel, would you please stand for the reading of God's word? We continue our series through the life of Moses in the book of Exodus this morning. I'll be reading sections from three different chapters, Exodus 15, 16, and 17, beginning in Exodus 15, verse 22. Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Merah, they could not drink the water of Merah because it was bitter. Therefore, it was named Merah. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What will we drink? And he cried to the Lord. And the Lord showed him a log, and he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. There the Lord made for them a statute and a rule, and there he tested them, saying, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord, your healer. Chapter 16, verse 1. And they set out from Elam, And all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after they had departed the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I'm about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. Now chapter 17, verse 1. And all the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of sin by stages according to the commandment of the Lord and camped at Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people grumbled against Moses and said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried to the Lord, what shall I do with this people? They're almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. Behold, I will stand before you on the rock at Horeb and you shall strike the rock and water shall come out of it and the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And they called the name of the place Massah and Meribah because of the quarreling of the people of Israel and because they tested the Lord by saying, Is the Lord among us or not? This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. I want to begin this morning by asking you a question. Have you ever questioned God? Have you ever questioned him? Now, before you answer that question in your heart, I want you to consider what I'm asking you. I'm not asking you, have you ever questioned the existence of God? Whether or not he exists, what I'm asking you is, have you ever questioned him? that has questioned his character, his care for you, his goodness, his mercy. Because there's a big difference. It's one thing to question the existence of God. Does he exist? Is he real? It's quite another to question whether or not you actually want him to exist in the first place. And I think if we're honest this morning, 
So many of us are right in this place of questioning God, questioning his goodness, his character, questioning the things that he does in our lives. And we we ask these questions not from a place of intellectual doubt. We ask these questions from a place of disappointment, as if we're disappointed in him, a place of cynicism, a place of woundedness. So again, I ask you this morning, have you ever questioned God like that? The truth is, I think if we're honest, at some point in our lives, we will question God. Maybe you have in your past, maybe you are right now. When we question God, what do you ask him? What are your questions, what are your doubts, what are your fears, what are your complaints? What are your grumbles? The book of Exodus, we read that just after Israel was rescued, miraculously and dramatically saved from slavery in Egypt, they grumbled. They complained and they questioned God. And this is what they asked. Is the Lord among us or not? In other words, is God still with us? And what I want you to see this morning is that question is at the heart of our every question. Is God still with us? And this morning, I want you to see the way God has answered that question. I want to do this in two ways. First, I want you to see why we question God. And second, I want you to see God's answer to our questions. So first, why do we question God? Look with me, Exodus 15, verse 22. We're told that Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea and they went into the wilderness of Shur and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now what you need to understand is where this passage finds itself in the context of the book of Exodus. We're picking up right where we left off these last two weeks. God has just sent 10 great acts of judgment, 10 plagues. He's just redeemed his people through the Passover And he has now rescued his people through the Red Sea. It just happened. Israel just witnessed God part the Red Sea. They just walked through it on dry land and they watched God drown Pharaoh's army in the water. And now they're wandering in the wilderness and just three days later, they have no water. Verse 23, we're told they came to a place called Merah, that they could not drink the water of Merah because it was bitter, therefore it was named Merah. Now this is going to be important in just a second. You see, because the name Merah is a play on words, it means bitter. It means bitter. The water that they had come to was bitter. Now I want you to put yourself in their shoes because it's easy for us to throw stones at them and think, what on earth could they be thinking? After all they had seen God do, how could they now question him? But I want you to put yourself in their shoes and imagine what it was like to wander through the wilderness with no water for three days. And now the only water they could come to was like a salt pool, almost taunting them, mocking them. They couldn't drink that either. And yet this is what we read, verse 24. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? 
They had just witnessed God rescue them, and yet now they are grumbling against Moses, and they're saying, what are we going to drink? They had just used their voices to sing worship and praises to the Lord, singing and proclaiming the Lord is my strength and my song, and he's become my salvation, and now they're using their voices to complain and to grumble. We're told here that Israel grumbled. We will read that word over and over and over again in our passages this morning. What does it mean? What does it mean that Israel grumbled? Well, in Hebrew, the word for grumbling here is sometimes translated murmur. It's often associated in Hebrew with growling. In other words, like a dog growls at his master because he's not getting a bone, Israel is growling at Moses. And ultimately, what we're going to see is they're growling at God because they're not getting what they want. In fact, some translators have suggested that really the word grumble here is not a strong enough word. Because what Israel is doing is they are questioning God. Translators of the New English translation put it this way they were not merely complaining. They are questioning God's abilities and motives. And listen to this. The action is something like a parliamentary vote of no confidence. In other words, in their grumbling, they were expressing their doubt that God had any ability to care for them anymore. Again, think about this. They just watched God rescue them from slavery miraculously with a strong and mighty right hand and now they're questioning his ability to care for them look with me verse 24 once again the people grumbled against Moses saying what shall we drink this question was not a point of inquiry it wasn't out of curiosity we weren't just wondering oh I wonder what we're going to have to drink today It was an interrogation, a demand. What are we going to drink? They had lost confidence in Moses' ability to lead them, and they lost trust in God's ability to care for them. And before you throw stones at them and think, how could they be so faithless? Are you and I not the very same? after we have seen all that God has done for us, how quick we are to question his care for us. I wonder, is that true for you? Has it ever been true for you? Is it true for you this morning? That as you consider the circumstances of your life, you say, why me? God, how could you let this happen? I thought you were good. I thought you were my father. Why aren't you taking care of me? Remember what this place was called, Marah. It means bitter. And I want to suggest to you that it was called bitter, not simply because the water was bitter, but because the people were bitter. You see, because when we question God's care for us, when we question his fatherhood over us, when we say, he's not taking care of me the way that I think I need to be taken care of, that causes us not just to lose faith, I think the honest truth is it makes us bitter. It makes us bitter towards him. 
So this morning, I don't want to just ask, how do you question God? But I want to ask, like, is there any part of your heart and soul, if you're honest this morning, that has become bitter towards him? Any part of you that's even become resentful? Any part of you that has found itself in, in the quietness of your heart when you are praying and asking the Lord to meet you, to answer your needs, that there's a part of you that has become so bitter that you think, why bother praying at all? He didn't answer my prayer the way I wanted him before. Why would he answer my prayer now? You see, in our hearts, we're just like these people. We question God's care, and this leads to bitterness, and this bitterness leads to us not just questioning his care for us, but also his wisdom. I want you to look with me at Exodus 16, verse 1. Just a chapter later, they're not just thirsty, they're hungry. In verse 1, we're told that they set out, the congregation, the people of Israel, they came to the wilderness of sin, and they're journeying through this desert wasteland. In verse 2, the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. Here they are, they're grumbling again. It's the same exact word. They're growling against Moses and Aaron, and they're questioning God. Verse 3, the people of Israel said, would that we have died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, and we sat by the mitpats and ate bread to the full, and you've brought us into this wilderness to kill our whole assembly with hunger. Now their grumbling is taking a darker tone. It's not just what are we going to drink, how are you going to take care of us. Now it's accusatory, and they're questioning not just God's care, but his wisdom. In other words, well, if God does care for us, maybe the problem with all of the difficulties in our lives is not that he doesn't care, it's that he doesn't know what he's doing. And listen to what they're saying. They're saying it would have been better for us to stay in Egypt and die there in slavery. At least when we were enslaved, we got to eat and drink to the full. But now that you've rescued us, some rescue this is, right? We're just gonna die in the middle of the wilderness. Do you hear what's underneath? They're questioning God. Not just questioning his care, but questioning his wisdom. In other words, they're saying, we know better than you. We would have done it differently. You see, the heart of our questioning God is not just bitterness, but it's also pride. And that's why they come to Moses as their leader. They're coming to Moses, and they're saying, Moses, who put you in charge? We would have done this so much better than you. I wonder, have you ever asked that question? Have you ever questioned the leaders that God has put over you? In so many ways, I think we have now become a culture of complainers, constantly complaining over the people who make decisions in our lives. Some years ago, I was reading the New York Times article, and the author was reflecting on this and the leadership crisis in our country and he argued in part that our leadership is crisis is not simply because we don't have good leaders, but it's because we've become terrible followers. And part of the problem is that we think we know better. 
Now, it's one thing to complain against our leaders, but what if we grumble against God himself? What if our complaint isn't actually against the leaders whom God has put over us? What if our complaint is against God? This is exactly what Moses says in verse 8. Look with me. In verse 8, Moses says, well, what are we? In other words, what power do you think we have? What are we? Your grumbling is not against us, but against the Lord. In other words, if you want to blame someone, don't blame me. Blame God. See, ultimately, it was God who was leading them through the wilderness. It was God who was carrying the way through the Red Sea. It was God who is now leading them through the desert. Now, how often and convenient it is for us to complain about life and our circumstances and difficulties and the leaders that God has put over us, and yet all the while our true complaint is against God himself. Not only are we bitter, not only are we prideful, but you see at the heart of our questioning God is unbelief and a lack of faith that God is still good. I want you to look at verse one of chapter 17. The people of Israel became bitter and prideful, and now in chapter 17, we see all of this culminate where they have the audacity to put God on trial. Verse one, all the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of sin by stages according to the commandment of the Lord, and they camped at Rephidim, and there was no water. Once again, there's no water. Now look at verse two, therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. That word quarrel, it's not the word for grumble, it's a new word. Their grumbling had become quarreling. It means to contend, to plea. It's a word that's used in a lawsuit. In other words, they were putting God on trial. Look with me as verse two continues. Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me and why do you test the Lord? Why do you test the Lord? What's it mean to put the Lord to the test? It means to put his faithfulness on trial. To question God and his faithfulness. And to say, God, you are going to have to prove yourself. You are the one who's on trial. They put the Lord to the test, and later we are told that they asked this question. Verse 7, is the Lord among us or not? Is the Lord among us or not? That question is at the heart of every one of our questions. Every doubt, every fear, every ounce of faithlessness in our souls, we wonder, is God still with us? Is he still trustworthy? Is he still faithful? How will God answer that question? It's the second and final thing I want you to see this morning. How does God answer our question? Well, I want you to see the way that he answers Israel's questions over and over and over again. What I want you to see this morning is that he was faithful at every turn. When Israel was faithless, God was faithful. Look with me, Exodus 15, verse 25. As Israel, embittered towards God, questioned him and said, what are we gonna drink? This was God's answer, verse 25. 
Moses cried to the Lord and the Lord showed him a log and he threw it into the water and the water became sweet. Here is Israel and their faithlessness bitterly questioning God and God changes the bitterness to sweetness. He answers their faithlessness with faithfulness. And as they put him to the test, testing his faithfulness, God responded with grace and mercy and his grace and mercy time and time again answered their putting him to the test by putting their faith to the test. Look with me, verse 26. If you diligently listen to the voice of the Lord and your God and do what is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments and put all the statues, I will put none of the diseases on you and I'll put on the Egyptians for I am the Lord, your healer. What we will see is that God will meet the questions of Israel over and over and over again by answering with faithfulness. And as they tested God's faithfulness, he responded by being faithful. And in response, his grace put Israel to the test. In response, he tested their faith. And so he does with you and I. See, the truth is, when we question God, we are putting him on trial. And yet, if you've ever questioned God, you will find that God proves himself over and over and over again because he's unchangeable. He is the faithful one. And even when we are faithless, he is faithful still. And it's out of his faithfulness that he actually, in response, puts our faith to the test. But there's a difference. When we put God to the test, we do so out of doubt. When God puts us to the test, he does so out of grace and mercy because he's refining our faith and making it strong in the midst of every circumstance. You see, because we are prone to view the character of God through our circumstances, but God has called us to view our circumstances through his character. And when we see that he is good and faithful and he cares for our every need, we see that even in our suffering, he is our healer. So here, the invitation of the prophet Hosea who says, come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us that he may heal us. He has struck us down and he will bind us up. What we see in the book of Exodus and the life of Moses is that even in suffering, in fact, it is through suffering that God heals us and perfects our faith and makes us strong. But he didn't just meet them in Exodus 15. He met them over and over again. In Exodus 16, as they become hungry, God gave them manna and daily bread. He provided there for every need every single day. And in verse 4, we're told that he was going to rain this bread from heaven and that he would test them whether they would walk in his law or not. And then in chapter 17, when the people of God put God to a trial and they quarreled with him and they asked, are you even with us? Are you among us or not? This is God's response. Exodus 17, verse 5. The Lord said to Moses, pass on before the people and taking some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the same staff which you struck the Nile. And behold, stand before you in the rock of Horeb and you will strike the rock and water will come out of it and the people will drink. 
What I want you to see this morning is that every turn, God was there. At every question, God had an answer. He was there turning bitter water into sweet drink. He was there providing daily bread in the midst of desert. He was there springing water forth from a rock. And what I want you to hear this morning is he is still there. He's with you. In every trial and every pain and every sorrow and every joy and every struggle and every fear, God is with you. How do I know? Because of what the Apostle Paul tells us about this passage. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1, Paul tells us that the people of Israel drank from this spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. What is Paul saying? He's saying that the rock was Christ. That many years later, God would be put on trial once again. And Jesus Christ, the Son of God, would stand trial. He would be accused and beaten, and he would be crucified on a cross for our salvation. He would be struck for you and I so that all who believe in him would drink deeply the waters of salvation. And so what is God's answer to our question? When we ask, is the Lord among us or not? Is God still with us? God has answered that question in the person of Jesus Christ. His name is Emmanuel. It means God with us. And so when we ask, what will we drink? Jesus says, come to me, all you are thirsty, and drink water of living water. When we ask, what are we going to eat? God says, come and eat and take the body of Jesus Christ, the bread of life for your salvation. And when we ask, is the Lord among us or not? Is he with us? God sends us Emmanuel, Jesus Christ, whose name means God is with us. He was with us in the Exodus. He is with us now in every trial, and he will be with us to the end. Let's pray. Father in heaven, help us to see that you are a good, gracious, caring, and faithful father. And help us see that you have answered our every question, our every doubt, and our every fear in the person and work of Jesus. May we trust in him this morning and walk by faith through the desert wilderness of this life. We ask in Jesus' name. Let's pray and let's sing of God's faithfulness this morning.